0: People of the world, welcome to Marketing as a Foreign Language. This the 253rd episode. Oh, me, oh, my. You're going to be so excited for our guest today. Oh, he's so good. Did you know he's going to have three children? Three of them. He's got the third one on the way. That reminds me of how many companies he works with. That's three as well. But before we get into all that, quick news overview, even creepier COVID tracking, Google silently pushed app to users' phone. This is an update over the weekend. Google in the state of Massachusetts managed to make creepy COVID tracking apps even creepier by automatically installing them on people's Android phones. Ooh, eesh. 1984, Big Brother, anyone? Numerous reports on Reddit Hacker News and in-app reviews claimed that Mass Notify, Massachusetts' COVID tracking app, silently installed on their Android device without user consent. This from ArsTechnica.com. Ouch. So I don't believe that that is very wise for the government to do TechCrunch.com, super follows and ticketed spaces are coming to Twitter. As I've mentioned before, I'm not bullish on Twitter. Twitter stock has not been performing as well as I think many would have hoped. Facebook is doing much better. Super follows just seem like a cash grab on something that you should be getting for free, but I get it. They are trying to um, be profitable. In Twitter's latest appeal to one-up competitors from Clubhouse to Patreon, the company announced today that it will begin rolling out applications for super follows and ticketed spaces. Superfollows, I think we have a decent understanding of, but what the heck is a ticketed space? Um, they are, according to the article, users can set their ticket price anywhere between dollar and $999. So basically, you can let people through to do something online that should probably be free, fine. Everyone wants their money. I get it. Talking about money, did you know that his last name is Flagel like a bagel? He's a nationally, was a nationally ranked swimmer. Uh, he can solve a Rubik's Cube behind his back. I added the behind the back part. Uh, works with a bunch of nonprofits, feeding the hungry, basically walking around planet Earth with a halo and a couple of wings. Did you know our guest today is the one, the only, Q the smoke machine and confetti cannon. Jason, Flego.
1: Thank you, Kellen, man. I love your intros. It's awesome. And now yeah. it's like I have to I have a responsibility to create a flagel like a, a bagel shop, you know, because of my flagel like a bagel. <laughs> <last> <laughs> Let's
0: night. go. You'll never forget <laughs> it. Never well, forget I'm
1: it. I'm near St. Augustine, Florida, Kellen, and there's a, a restaurant uh, near there called Schmegel's Bagels and i'm like ah oh, see people there's a proof of concept i need to get this uh, bagel shop created <laughs>
0: the branding is it just writes itself
1: that's right uh, great great to be here
0: so you are mr content what i find fascinating about your background is that you are currently working with three different entities there's an seo agency you've got your content strategy business, and then you do some stuff on the fight performance side, which on its face is just insane. It's just, it's it's too much. It's too much. So talk to me about your team and how they allow you to do.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, And at first glance, Kellen, it it seems, you know, like they're all separate, Uh, mm -hmm. but in reality, they all are very synergistic. So um, yeah, with Motava, you know, we have a team of about Thirty to forty. Um, so some internal team members, contractors, and we're located in um, Silicon Valley, but we actually have international locations. So we have a twenty four seven team, you know, all over the world. Um, but all of the strategy, project management is really kind of a, a sweet spot for us. That's why we're able to do such amazing work, and that's why I'm able to have, you know, the ability to work on some of these other projects. So. Um, With Motava, I'm the content marketing manager. So I I have a team of writers, developers, uh, designers that do a lot of the content production. So everything from website, blog copy, um, SEO research, um, video production, so YouTube, you know, Twitch, uh, we do a lot of that. Um, I've done a lot of uh, content creation for online courses as well. Uh, worked with Kevin Harrington and from Shark Tank and the Ziegler Corporation to create the Secrets of Closing a Sale oh, Masterclass. So was one of the co-creators of that. But yeah, I've uh, like I told you backstage, Kellen. You know, you're only as good as your team. So a lot of my team with Motava, and then what I have with Catalyst Brand Group, where we do a lot of content strategy and custom technology. Um, are translational. So they work back and forth between Motava clients and with Catalyst Brand Group. So Catalyst is really a boutique growth consulting company, very picky on the organizations, nonprofits, and the businesses we work with. Um, it's more about relationship fit, uh, fit than going after and doing you know, inbound lead generation. So uh, it's kind of through nat- natural connections in my own network. People want to work with me and, and do it a kind of, dedicated basis. So I work with a handful of those clients. And then with Wreckage Sports, I'm the uh, partner and a chief marketing officer. So I handle a lot of the marketing strategy, the messaging, uh, and then my team, I have VAs, project managers, and a dev team. That do a lot of the execution you know everything from crm management the project management to maintaining the website the e-comm store so it's at a high level it looks like a lot but you know i'm very diligent about um time management and kind of time chunking method uh, if you're familiar with that so mm-hmm. that's really uh the kind of the secret to my success and it's been working well so far and i'm excited to scale it you know even further
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. all right so shout out to Goitu in chat. Good to see you, buddy. Coming to us from Twitch. Um, I have questions about SEO because SEO is the worst. I don't know if you knew this, <laughs> um, but we've been doing like eight hundred to a thousand word blog posts. We scaled them back. We used to do like eight three hundred word posts, and now we're doing two thousand word posts. Um, are you following that same pattern of longer form, higher quality?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, industry kind of tr- um, jargon, I guess, is the sky, uh, skyscra- skyscraper content strategy. So um, creating a large piece of, I-, I call it the pillar content. So, mm. you know, it's two to 8,000 words in some cases. So mm. it's a pretty large piece of content. Um, and then there's sub pieces of content that you create from there. Uh, So, for example, a client with Motava that we work with is a deep learning computer manufacturer, so artificial intelligence machines they produce. Uh, We manage the content production for them, so that's my wheelhouse where I manage the whole team to do that. Uh, We produce a lot of pillar content, so very high-level technical articles on their blog And then usually we do sub-blogs for a main topic. So like auto-neuro-linguistic, natural linguistic programming, NLP, like things like that that are very, (laughs) very technical. Uh, You know, uh, data scientists are the readers for this kind of content. But then it's broken down into subtopics that I call micro-content, short-form video, uh, if it's relevant, that gets posted on YouTube, things like that. But that's what we found uh, for organic SEO growth has been the most effective, kind of a pillar content, and then a micro content approach where you break it down into bite-sized chunks.
0: And those bite-sized chunks, do you do it where in the pillar content, you've got like eight links, and then they go down, they dive in from that to the other content?
1: Yeah, usually uh, the approach um, is in the pillar content, uh, i write the it's either me or the writers we create all of the content and then try to capture the google featured snippet so we do a oh, yeah. and then you know have a links to the subsections anchor links that go to the subsections and usually it's an introduction and some action items actional actionable content and then uh, when the new pieces of content are created, there'll be a link to go to get more in-depth information. So it's kind of a, you know, buyer's journey is one thing that people like to say in digital marketing. But basically, to me, it's generating value. You know, what is that value ladder that you're kind of uh, delivering to people, if that makes sense?
0: Right. So I want to become a multimillionaire doing leveraging some of my um, staff's uh, incredible side projects. And I think a lot of my, I don't know, parts of my brain um, go, think and are terrified of, Oh, but they're going to be so successful with these other side projects that they're going to leave. Um, and you're an example of why it works. First off, To me, it's incredibly important to love and trust people. And so if they are going to enjoy their life, uh, I think they're going to have to run towards projects that they're just drawn towards. So what I'm talking about specifically is ShaleeWanders.com, which is a travel blog that Shalee, one of my employees, team members, colleagues uh, had for many years. Um, And it's fascinating to me that I can have a conversation with a business attorney, which I had just the other day, and I can pull up her TikTok that got 350,000 views and say, This is why you should pay Send It Rising for consulting for TikTok and Instagram, is because of this thing she's doing on the side. So the myopic view is, Oh, no, don't let people do things that aren't related to my business because I'm scared. And uh, the bird's eye view is, yeah, but she's making me money by promoting her own brand. That's right. Yeah, some of the most effective
1: growth I've ever done for companies has come from internal, internally generated ideas. Um, so I, I liked whenever I do consulting from like a management consulting perspective with companies, like talking about team dynamics and things like that. Um, the team is a really important piece of that. And, you know, you should be, uh, the the focus of any company is to hire leaders.
0: And mm-hmm. what do leaders right.
1: do? They are trailblazers. <laughs> yep. So it, why would you quilt something that they're passionate about? A um, few, like one of the digital marketing agencies in the past that I helped to scale from zero clients to, you know, a bunch of clients, um, we did it from a side project that was generated internally. Two of the guys in the company, one of, me, uh, one of them was me, uh, we started just producing user-generated content, interviewing people. Um, it blew up because it was story-driven. It was focused mm-hmm. on authentically connecting with people. And then through those relationships, the community, people were like, man, what's this company that you guys are working for? I want to know more about them. And yeah, I highly encourage companies to do that. I worked with Abercrombie & Fitch as one of their e-com developers. They encouraged uh, people on their team to have side projects because it ultimately it made their company look better. But then there were some projects that the leadership was like, hey, maybe we can think about if it was relevant or applicable, let's take, uh, think about bringing this in-house if you're interested. So in mm-hmm. the same agency that we did uh, that kind of content production for in the past, They were interested. They wanted to do the same thing. And that's what we did. So, yeah, I mean, for me, like a lot of what I do now, uh, like I mentioned, it's translational. I have uh, catalyst connections, people who come work with us that I'm like, hey, you need paid advertising. You need SEO uh, management. Let's work with the team at Motava to, you know, make that happen. Because I've built the trust with them. I'm authentic. You know, I'm vulnerable. I'm not afraid to admit that I don't, I can't do all this. I have a team. Um people are really they respect that a lot and it, it definitely shows and speaks for it. So
0: yes. Um here's an idea. Um firetheteacher.com. I don't know if it exists or not. Um I was talking to Teacher of the Year, Caroline, who's one of my staff members today. And I said, wouldn't it be interesting to be able to go um to a website where there are like Spanish, English, SEO, Google Analytics. AI, Google ads, and teachers, you can get into a queue to, to be the teacher. And then there's all these students that are sitting there going, all right, they can comment, they can talk crap, and they can fire the teacher. They can just vote, kick the teacher if they don't like them. And so teacher comes in because everyone wants a built-in audience and we want the best of the best. And so they come in and, you know, you just vote kick them just like uh, Scribble I.O. Do you know Scribble I.O.? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. <laughs> Scribble I.O. It's crazy. Um, I I want the capacity to, to teach, but I think teachers have too much power. I think in in the current school system, the fact that we have this homogeneous uh, teaching platform is insane i think the the, you got so if you got money you can have the the fifth grader who's doing calculus right in private school like it's a it's money based and that to me is insane and not okay um so the same autonomy that you have where someone comes in and you're like you know what you might actually be good for motaba and this flexibility that you earn as an adult is the same flexibility I want to give to our children in their education pursuits as well. I want them to be able to say, okay, I understand that there's a federal requirement that I have X amount of math skill, but I also want to be able to be reading Moby Dick in third grade if I'm that good, if that's Mm -hmm. where I'm at. Um, As a former teacher, scaffolding is the word they use. And to me, it's a word that a caveman would use to describe like, Me do cave drawing. Me have 15 students. This student not so smart. This student very smart. I have to scaffold for smart student so that he can, you know, it's like, it's so incredibly stupid. And I feel so bad for teachers. Um, I think that in the corporate world and in the money world and in the adult world, we're able to, we're, we're getting there where the cream is rising to the top. In terms of the most popular YouTubers are the ones that just have incredibly educational, excellent content, and uh, those that aren't as good don't get the love. I want the same for our students. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you Do you have any part of your your body and mind and soul that wants to be an educator in your space? So I am. Um,
1: I, I'm an educator by passion. Um, mm-hmm. i kind of doing the work that I'm doing. You know, not not out of necessarily necessity to pay the bills and, you know, to generate some kind of revenue uh, generating project like wreckage sports. You know, the goal with us as the partners is, you know, potentially have a good enough draw where we make a good living from it or, you know, sell it to uh, a good buyer. But um, and as an educator, which I totally agree with you, I actually was homeschooled. Uh, I have nine other siblings. So 10 10 of us growing up in (laughs) northwest Ohio. (laughs) And my parent, my dad is a dentist, my mom homeschooled all of us and we did competitive swimming. So, I mean, you did that intro, You know, we did a lot of competitive swimming growing up and we were always pushed in a good, not pushed, but encouraged to seek out knowledge and seek out mentors. I've studied pretty much every successful person that you can study. Um, And one of the common things that you see is they found out, they sought out mentors they did apprenticeships, basically, whether it was a formal one or not, and they got real world from some, real world information, skill sets, um, training from someone in a position that they ultimately wanted to be in at some point in the future. Now, when you in our education system keep everyone at the same level, there is no drive to perform against the other person. Now, sports is different because you know you you have that, but in this kind of situation, there's no passion there. Like as as a competitive swimmer, I saw some kids that in my opinion, I don't think they should have been swimming, but their parents were like, What the, you know, is wrong with you? You're not winning, you know, you're letting these kids and you could just see it wasn't what they're passionate about. Now, for uh, for me, I was so passionate about swimming. I wanted to win. I wanted to learn everything I could. I worked with some of the best coaches in the world. So, when you are passionate about it, your like brain just goes, "I oh, you know, I we can do this. We can facilitate this. Help people do it." So, I actually have been thinking about at my goal at some point in the future. Here, um, when I get some capital or have a successful exit, um, is to be able to create a training program where young people um teenagers no matter it doesn't necessarily matter on the age it's the skill set it's the skill set and the hunger if you're familiar with tony robbins like you know do you have that hunger do you have that drive to do something to better yourself and better other people but the training program you go through get all the knowledge you need entrepreneurship real world information um, and then you're, you're given an apprenticeship with an established company to go get that mentoring, the training, whatever it is that you need. You might have a side project that you're doing, which is encouraged. Uh, you know, Draper University, Tim Draper in Silicon Valley, I think they do a pretty good job at that, but it can be so much better. He's one kind of proof of concept there. Um, Praxis Labs that I've been to in the, in the past for an entrepreneurship program for college aides, kids, high, high school students. I think more of that is definitely needed uh, because one of the best ways to cause cultural flourishing uh, cultural improvement is by encouraging and equipping entrepreneurs with what they need to succeed and then if they're character driven they do the right thing they're not selfish they will give back you know me in a position that I'm in now I give way more than I take Uh, and I think that's really important I feel like I have a responsibility to get not only financially but you know the knowledge I have, some of the insight. So, yeah, to answer your question, absolutely passionate about it, and I think that idea is right on. I think it will, it's it's uh, it would fill a need uh, that we have culturally.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so let's, let's work, work together, together in some way. In some way for shape, sure. Form. Also, also, I'm echoing my. <laughs> <know. laughs> um, <laughs> that is incredibly obnoxious. There, it went away. Okay, so Wim Hof um, breathing exercises. Um, it's incredibly important for you to breathe uh, for the listeners. Um, If you're feeling depressed, sometimes it's a sign of lack of oxygen. Sometimes when uh, bad thoughts enter into your your mind, you got to take a moment. You really got to give a second to your physiology. You got to breathe. Don't forget to breathe. Um, Cold baths is a big thing that both Wim Hof and Tony Robbins are into. You mentioned Tony Robbins. Um, If you watch his uh, documentary, I'm sure there's more than one. But one of the things he does in his palatial Florida estate (laughs) is he uh, he's got this incredibly cold little life, life size, Tony Robbins sized um, dunk tank that he jumps into. Um, I take cold baths um, and it's uh, it's a big deal for entrepreneurs. I also recommend chess. If you are not a big fan of chess, if you're unfamiliar with Gotham chess, who recently got a million subscribers on YouTube, you want to check out his channel. He's incredibly good. Um, Chess will teach you to sacrifice your queen to win the game. Chess will teach you to be a positional player. Um, Chess will will teach you that sometimes you wanna move your bishop backwards. Sometimes uh, chess will teach you that you will make the wrong move and you gotta put your tail between your legs and you gotta retreat. Chess is an incredible teacher. Highly recommend it. And Tony Robbins has a brain tumor. And so for those of you that wonder why he seems um, different than your average bear, um, first of all, he looks different because it's it's pressing on his growth hormone, the, whatever part of the brain. He literally is physio- physiologically different than most people. Um, and he wakes up every day going, is this my last day? And um, I recently had two friends. One was diagnosed with leukemia. He does not deserve that. And another friend of mine was uh, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And you can tell when you talk to him, it's, it's not sort of a, um, a, I wonder if this will one day have an effect. You can tell he has changed to buy it. And I love them both. Um, and I have sobbed, sobbed, sobbed for both of them and prayed, in that sobbing for both of them. So the final thing I'll say is don't forget to cry as an entrepreneur. If you bottle up those emotions, um, they will, uh, they will come out in gnarly, gnarly ways. Um, so, um, there is an emotional and spiritual component to entrepreneurship that is never, ever talked about. Um, and, uh, I shouldn't say that it is talked about, but I don't hear it. Um, by and large on, on business shows, it tends to be you know, TikTok is some place where you should be operating now, and what does SEO look like? And pillar content and all this sort of stuff, and that's all fine and good. But if you have a bar- bad marriage, none of it matters. If you have a bad relationship with your kids, it doesn't matter anymore. None of it matters. Right. Um, yeah,
1: I've worked with some of the you know biggest names in marketing influencers like Russell Brunson from ClickFunnels, Onyx and Gal. Um, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, John Maxwell, the Ziegler Corporation. And, you know, I've seen these leaders of successful organizations that do things right. And I've seen ones that aren't so successful. Um, you know, billionaires, they end up in divorce. They have all this money, but they don't have a great quality of life. Zig Ziegler, John Maxwell, they do things really different. And that's why, you know, I've worked with John Maxwell to produce content for their professional blog. And as part of that, we went through all of his content and all of your info that you just shared, Kellen, is so right on. I mean, you know, it's a balance between uh, – it's holistic. You need to have a balance between mind, body, and spirit. And ultimately, when you're in alignment, you're able to push and accelerate towards, you know, that goal that you feel called to do, that that goal that you want to, you know, accomplish. And I think through that the power of visualization, like the secret, I'm a huge fan of that. You know, um, as an athlete, uh, working with coaches, we always would visualize our race before we actually went out and do it. It's super. Like some of the best sport psychologists, they talk about that. Take the race, win the race in your mind before you actually go and physically do that. In neuroscience, we know today that uh, that is true. You're actually firing some of the same neuron connections as you are physically performing the event. So you're literally prepping yourself to go and do it. So yeah, so, so important there. Um, And not to give a plug, Kellen, but I, so over the years, I put together just my favorite best books I recommend for like entrepreneurs and leaders. So if you just type in my name, Jason Flagle books, uh, I recommend it should come up in like one of the first results. Uh, But I have a really good uh, collection of books on like faith, leadership, uh, mindset, um, business topics, just things that like these are books that so passionately affected my life and kind of direction and decisions that I made. So yeah, I highly recommend checking that out too. I don't know, Kellen, if you have any other resources like that, but I'm a constant learner. You know, re- I, I tell people readers are leaders and leaders are readers. But when I say read, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to physically read it. You can li- listen to audiobooks, you know, do uh, transcribe a video or something if you like to read or listen and watch the video. If you, cause everyone learns differently. So
0: yeah yep. and I, I want to give, give a, 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 a shout, shout out to my you want to go go away Go away, go, away go.: Yes, and it's gone. Um, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my divorced people. Shout out to my divorce folks. There is a stigma about divorce, um, and I do want to help squash that a little bit. There is such a thing as a good divorce, and there is such a thing as being a good parent. Um, uh, after a marriage has ended. Um, and so for my folks that, you know, have gone through that, it can be one of the most um, difficult periods of your time, but uh, of your life, but um, there is hope on the other side of it. And uh, and there are a lot of successful people that have gone through that. Now, that being That's said, true. yeah, it's true. Um, so I have to my right, um, 365 days of magic mantras. Don't know if you're into the mantras, but uh, alongside exercise and everything else that you do, people, you know, prayer, you can call it what you like. Um, I pray, Uh, I also do mantras, I do them both. I am a multi-religious. I'm a Hindu, Buddhist, Islam, Christian, uh, agnostic, atheist. I'm all of them, all wrapped up into one crazy package. Um, But uh, starting on Father's Day, I'm gonna do a uh, a mantra every day. Um, And what I'm finding, and this is inspired by a uh, uh, a Bo Burnham skit he did um, he was standing there and, uh, this audio was playing and it's negative, right? Like somebody's calling him a fag, for example, and Mm. someone else is like, you're stupid and whatever. And what he does is it's just audio, but he starts to take all of that negativity and turn it into a song, right? Um, He takes the negative into, and it's just beautiful, this transformation. Now I don't want to be saying negative things like that. Um, to myself so but what i'm doing is i'm constructing a song through these mantras and so far it's miracles happen because i recently had one in my life a medical thing happened to me that was just like oh thank you like drop to my knees thank you every single day like forget the money i don't care about the beach house i don't care about the car i don't care about um the 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 luxuries of life the fact that this thing went away is like it is more valuable than all of those things combined i mean thank you God for that. So miracles happen. Uh, life is good, really good, and that was based on a card that I received uh, for Father's Day. Um, and then uh, faith in God, because that's just a personal thing for me. Um, and then trust the process. So for me, like I make this analogy a lot, but I think we are in a a, um, a hologram. I think that this is like a, it's a video game, and the VR headset is strapped so tight to our face. That it takes a lifetime of meditation, or hallucinogenic drugs, or like incredible prayer to just like argh, take it off for just a second and look around, boom, and then slaps back on, you know. Um, and so I trust the process to me, and to me means with my uh, limited perception of reality, I can't know. There's so much unknowable. This conversation, what this was going to be like, I thought you were going to be Melanie. <laughs> 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 we talked about backstage. I thought I was talking to Melody today instead of <laughs> talking to Flagel Like a Bagel. So I don't know anything. You know, it's just like chess. Like the first few moves are maybe predictable, maybe, um, but it spirals into – a world of so many possible outcomes that it is impossible to possibly predict, and so trusting the process, trusting that the game is changing our soul um, for the better. And that, as Ramdas, this incredible spiritual teacher, um, I don't know if you know his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Put it, love Ramdas. He's still alive. Richard Albert is alive. Oh Lord. Um, anyway, the, he was he had a stroke, and he referred to it as being stroked by God. That's faith. Okay, you lose like half control over your body. Like you're mentally not there anymore. And you can, anyway, long story short, I don't believe in coincidences. And I'm very glad that you're on the show. Flaggle like a bagel. What do you think about all that? I mean,
1: that's you just went through so many different avenues. Um, I'm, so I'm a huge fan of um, the Wachowski siblings and their storytelling. And, you know, when they created The Matrix, uh, very interesting story. But I see a lot of similarities, you know, we're having now had the opportunity to work with billionaires all the way down to, you know, leaders of nonprofits with nothing. Um, Average people with nothing and you know that still have an impact on people, and there's a few different things that like really stand out to me, and I've been wanting to put that together in like a book or something, or you know, some kind of series, an episodic series where I can kind of share that because it is very unique. There's something that you know, I think the, what is it, Deborah or Donna who wrote The Secret, she is seeing things like that, but didn't really put a package in it. And I think a lot of what Satoshi Nakamoto did when creating Bitcoin and blockchain, you know, it was his opportunity where he saw a broken system that is a system of control. And, you know, control is an illusion. um, But we live in a lot of systems of control. But learning how to break free of that, like we were talking about education, like, if we're equipped with the right knowledge and then some of the resources, we can get a leg up and go further than other people are. You know, it's kind. Of, I, I, you know, as a Christian, I talk about um, in Scripture. It talks about the scales fall off your eyes. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but um, in that situation, we have moments of realization like that, where we're in life, where we learn something or talk with people and apply things, and then our scales kind of fall off. We're like, whoa. Like what the heck is going on? Like I worked with a lot of political think tanks in the past and talk about like opening eye-opening experiences, looking at broken systems and a lot of things where most people don't even realize there's these broken systems. But today I think, again, as entrepreneurs, it's not necessarily the responsibility. It's one of my mentors said, now that you know what you know, what are you going to do about it? Yep. So, and I think when you have that knowledge and that information, those insights, it, like I can't not go out and do something, you know, so I'll, I'll end it there. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, God has a when. Um, and I don't care if you're atheist, uh, when, when I, when I use faith-based language, I do it because I'm multilingual, always have having... been. To me, religion is a language and you have fluency in it or you don't. It's that simple, right? So I speak Buddhist, happy to talk about reincarnation, happy to talk about Siddhartha Gautama and the prince leaving and and life is suffering and and what he meant by attachment and the circle of reincarnation, like happy to do it because it's a language, it's a way to attempt to describe what in Taoism would be be the Tao. as I mentioned last show, Taekwondo, Aikido, Jeet Kune Do, all of the Do is the Tao, which is just the path. Um, we're going late on the show because we were having an excellent conversation, but I want to be respectful of your time because you may have uh, like an 11 you have to run to. Um, so we're going to wrap it up. Uh, final words from our good friend, Jason LaFleggle.
1: Yeah, uh, to bring it to a close, um, uh, to piggyback on what you were saying, um, if you have the opportunity to go get other cultural experiences, that is one of the best things that you can do in life. I, I've i been to Germany, I've been to Africa, um, working with uh, specifically in Swaziland, now Iswatini, Swatini, uh, they changed the name of the country. Um, I did medical mission work over there for two weeks, and we went into the bush just working with local population, helping them with their met Cause I was accepted into medical school and dental school, but ended up not going that route doing, you know, marketing, growth, consulting now and uh, having the opportunity to just connect with people at all of their different walks of life. Like, it, it was truly amazing i'm a fellow linguist so you know i picked up on uh, some of the the words there uh languages and terms and like a uh, Bonani is like hello to a group Let's of people go. um <laughs> uh, uh, there's a, so i i passed out bibles to 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 people and there was a a term that they told uh told me to tell people and I can't think of it on the spot. I have it in my journal, but like just that opportunity where, you know, in this, forget like Christianity, but in this situation, they they were receiving a book. They were receiving an opportunity to get knowledge. And here in the United States, you know, we take access to knowledge for so, take it so, for so granted. Like we, we don't realize we can have so much access to all of this. Thing. And there's people who just want the ability to learn and apply information to better their, the lives of themselves and their family. So like getting those connecting with other people, it just helps to get us back to, you know, the core, like our own search for truth our like, what really matters? Like, you know, waking up every day and going to work and like producing content on YouTube. And like, it puts things into perspective. None of that's wrong. Like going to play video games or things like none, none of that's wrong. But Like to your point with Tony Robbins, bringing that full circle, wake up every day thinking about if this is my last day, how am I going to use this to serve other people? So, I, I think that's a huge thing, and I'll, I'll end it there, Kellen.
0: <laughs> Absolutely love it. Couldn't have said it better myself. Ladies and gentlemen, marketing is a foreign language, 1030 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, iTunes and podcast, or excuse me, and uh, Spotify after the fact. Everyone who's listening there, uh, we really do appreciate it. If you want to join us for the live show, youtube.com forward slash send it rising. It warms my heart when I see people in chat during the show. Uh, you can also check us out at Kellen Countsman on Twitter. Kellen um, Kaussman as well on LinkedIn, streaming live, uh, the Send It Rising Facebook page. And as always, I happen to own Send It Rising Internet Marketing. Just type Send It Rising into uh, search and you will find us. I have the most amazing team of uh, individuals uh, working with me. I am incredibly blessed. Um, final absolute word, Jason.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah I, i'd say surround yourself with your dream team i'd like to tell people with, with avengers coming out now if you're familiar with marvel um you know build your your team of avengers all of them have different skill sets and and abilities build that team around you and you're going to be way ahead of everyone else uh, if you don't have the right team you're going to try to do everything yourself and it is i mean you can do it to a certain extent but it will be very very hard it's an uphill battle
0: <laughs> thanks everybody see you next time